You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I am your host, Michael Kushner. I am so excited because this episode is 50. Um, 50. (laughs) Anyone know that? Molly Shannon sketch from SNL. It's one of the best. I'm 50. Well, we're 50 and I have an incredible announcement. Dear Multi-Hyphenate is going to be a book. How to be a multi-hyphenate in the theater business, conversations, advice, and tips from Dear Multi-Hyphenate is going to be published by Rutledge Publishing of the Taylor and Francis Group. As soon as I know more information, I will share it with you, but the easiest way to find out up-to-date information is by following at Dear Multi-Hyphenate on Instagram or going to the brand new website, DearMultiHyphenate.com. Thanks to J.S productions for making that incredible incredible website it really is unbelievable um but more information will be uh posted as i know about the book all i know is that i it's written i i took the entire month of july to finish it and uh it's it's going it's gonna be on shelves which is wild to say i've always wanted to be an author so i'm very excited anyway let's keep the celebration going because i have one of my favorite artists as this uh, episode's guest i have nina west and i love nina west so much andrew levitt aka nina west is with us nina west is an american drag queen actor and singer songwriter based in columbus ohio played by andrew levitt and is the most Google drag queen in the world from 2020 to 2021 with over 7.8 billion unique searches. That is a wild way to open up a um, to open up a bio, and I and I love that. She rose to national prominence in 2019 with her appearance on VH1's Emmy-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race season 11, where she played sixth and won Miss Congeniality. In 2021, she returned to the show and was anointed America's Sweetheart by RuPaul herself. She has EPs, uh, which have uh, made the Billboard list, and uh, she has her own podcast, Nina's podcast, uh, uh, the Dragcast with Nina West, which relaunched in 2020 with guests including Glenn Close, Patricia Clarkson, Daisy Ridley, Jared Harris, Titus Burgess, Kristen Chenoweth, Orfe, Casey Levy, Pentatonix, and more. Uh, I love, love, love Nina West. And what's very exciting is that Nina will be touring the U.S. as Edna in the upcoming Hairspray national tour. So get tickets, catch Nina doing the fabulous role of Edna, and laugh your socks off. Anyway, enjoy this episode. I love talking with Nina. Head to DearMultiHyphenate.com or follow at DearMultiHyphenate on Instagram. And let's get into the 
multi-hyphenation nation. I don't know. I just made that up. Workshop. Enjoy. And as always, we start with a fabulous quote on Dear Multi-Hyphenate. And today's quote is said none other by... Wait, is that English? It's said by none other. I'm okay, I swear. I'm just staring at the ocean and, like, I'm so distracted because my guest is so wonderful and amazing and I'm completely starstruck because I'm obsessed with them. But uh, today's quote is, uh, you're about to see nudity. Don't worry, it's not me. And that is said none other by the fabulous Lady Bunny. Uh, And you're going to definitely hear nudity because I think we're going to get down to the nitty gritty and really get to some raw, awesome conversation. But and the titty. (laughs) What'd you say? And the and the titty. Yeah, and the titty. Nitty gritty and the titty. Andrew Levitt, (laughs) aka Nina West. How are you? Hi, Michael. How are you? Oh, just doing swimmingly, literally, because I was on, you know, in the beach. So, <laughs> literally doing swimmingly, I guess. I'm so honored that you're joining me on Dear Multi Hyphenate, and uh, I'm we're, I'm chatting from um, Fort Lauderdale. And where are you right now? I am in the middle of uh, Midtown Manhattan in Times Square at the beautiful Playbill offices. Yeah, and you. Okay, yeah. so how does it feel to be at the Playbill offices? I mean, it's. I know that you were a theater student. And you grew up in Ohio, correct? Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I did. I grew up in um, Canton, Ohio, or like a, a small farming community called Greentown, which is just north of Canton. And um, I was a theater kid. I started doing theater uh, when I was sixteen because my parents didn't want me to do theater. This is a true story. My parents didn't want me to do theater, so I went and auditioned for a community theater production of A Christmas Carol once I got my driver's license. And because then, well, then I could drive myself to the rehearsals. Because I was like, I'm not going to drive you to rehearsals. I don't want you to be an actor. <laughs> I wanted to be serious. And I was like, Mama, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> mama. <laughs> but Mama. But Mama. I'm not Mama. Ma- uh, <laughs> that's my best lies on. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. But mama. Mama. It's not my best hard. my best Liza stems from um, Hot Georgia. It's that video. Hot Georgia. Hot Georgia. I started working with Clay. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. That's really thank good. You, thank you very much. Now, I really, I thought I was talking to Liza. I was like, oh my god, I can be David Guest. Who you know what? You? What's what's so <laughs> wild about Liza is that. Um, my Aunt Lizzie, when you see, if you were to pass what you think is Liza in Hell's Kitchen, because my, my Aunt Lizzie lives in Hell's Kitchen, if you think, if you have to squint and say, is that Liza? It's not. It's my Aunt Lizzie. Uh, same haircut, dressed in black, the same eye makeup. I mean, like, genuinely, and she has a big framed Liza poster above her bed. Like, if you think that's Liza, it's actually my Aunt Lizzie, and give her a big hug for me. Now I'm going to be, now I'm going to go over to Ninth Avenue and just, or 10th, and just walk up and down between like 42nd and 53rd. I'm just going to be looking for her. She's usually at the Amish market, which she calls the Amish market. So if, if, if you, if you're there and you see her, she's probably paying with everything in, uh, in, in coins, which is just, she does that. But, so back to your your oh, yeah, yeah. your your start in the theater. You know, it sounds like um, they didn't realize how big of a star you were because if they really wanted you, they would have included transportation to and from. You wouldn't have had to turn in yourself. Uh, you could have I played mean, Tiny Tom, not Tiny Tom. That's your time. Uh, it's t- Tiny t- Tim. Tim. It's Tim. It's Tim. <laughs> okay, it's, it's Tim, Tim, honey. It's, it's Tim, sweetie. Sweetie. The, it's Tim. At she's, the top of your resume, <laughs> she's the one who is the whole story's about. It's Tim. Michael. It's Tim. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that's it's truly like it's not that they didn't want me to do it, but they were really doing actively <laughs> discouraging it. I mean, like they were just like we're not going to make it easy for him. And so I got my license and I went and auditioned for a show. And so that that one experience was like the opening. I don't. I mean, I don't know how old you are, but it was opened a lot of doors for me personally because I knew I was different. I knew I was queer, and I knew it was. I knew that gay men were involved with theater locally. And so I knew that, like that's how I could be around other queer people and meet other queer people. And if for nothing else, it was almost like a, a device with which I uh, would use to cope and I'd, like begin to like, oh, I have this idea. I can, I'm looking forward to the day that I can go audition for a show or just be a part of that because I knew theater people. If, if, if I didn't meet any gay men, I knew I would meet people who were hopefully open-minded and willing to, to to accept me for who I was. And so that was, um, that was like the whole, I, th- I knew I was a creative person. I wanted to be involved with it, but it was also out of necessity for wanting to find other people like me, you know? So, yeah. So no, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that being said, I'm just wondering, like, uh, so, so that was about 16 years old. And I'm, when did you start getting, uh, um, exposed to people like Joanne Worley where you start oh. sort of started <laughs> which was amazing <laughs> but when did you start to sort of oh. connect the camp and the gayness and the art oh. all together I th- well you know I have, I'm like uh, I, have a, I have a well well versed history of pop culture and um, and language a, po- a popular culture language um my both of my parents, their parents, my grandparents, loved different things, and I was immersed in. Um, I think during the summers, I would spend a lot of time with my grandmother who lived locally, mm-hmm. and then I would go for two weeks and live with my other grandmother and visit uh, where where they lived. So I was immersed in different types of popular culture. So um, my dad's mother and father loved Murder She Wrote, and so I was very in love with Angela Lansbury at a very young age you know like I thought she was the best I thought if, if I could be like Jessica Fletcher and, and and solve crime and write mystery novels I mean that was like in live in a small main town called Cabot Cove and try the lobster I mean but like my language was vast I was exposed to a lot music was always playing in the house that I grew up in um laughing was predominant and 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 prevalent um great sources like my inspirations if you watch my drag race interview and like when my entrance interview before we walked into the workroom they said what are your who are your inspirations i was like um steve martin and <laughs> miss piggy and like you're like i was like um i just grew up with a very diverse cultural language of of music and film and television my mom loves old old movies so like i can remember watching there's a hitchcock film called rebecca um, and I would go into school and I would talk, and I was like, you know, in third grade, and I'd be talking about Rebecca and how the house, Mrs. Mrs. Danvers is left in the house and it's burning down. And I was, I was just surrounded by drama and I was like living it and allowing myself to be kind of feeling it, you know, like, and I don't think my parents knew that they were raising a gay child, but thankfully they allowed me <laughs> in that, in the, all of these, this exposure, I was finding a language that, um, really helps to be able to speak in my career, right? When you watch Drag Race, RuPaul is so versed in popular culture and the language of popular culture. Has reference points, has 
you know, there's lots of tactile points with which she brings into the show in challenges or in uh, runway themes or in many, right? You know, so, and like as gay men, you know, if you quote a Golden Girls episode, half, if you go into a gay bar and say, oh, Miami is nice, but I'll say it twice, someone's going to be like, uh, you're cuter than an inner uterine. You're going to hear that from yeah. somebody. <laughs> you know, whether or not, you know, like it's just, um, so I don't know if I was falling into a pattern that, we all, as as queer men, can I mean I don't think I mean I don't, but it is something that seems really predominant amongst queer men. It seems your um your experience with with coming in with the drama and being like on this episode it's that's mine with Titanic. My first grade teacher. Oh my god! An- you just said Titanic. How old are you? I I was I was seven when the movie came out, so I'm thirty. <laughs> interview over <laughs> bye thanks everyone for listening <laughs> yay, yay adorable hi <laughs> i feel you pinching my cheeks from her from across the way uh thanks grandma so um i you know i my recent tattoo is i just got the last photo taken of the titanic um on oh my, my god arm because uh watching the movie I, I was so immersed in the drama but go, growing up i had discovered that i actually was on the titanic in a past life and i had this like wild 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 um connection to the history and like i had actually been like watching something that i had known from the eyes of uh, a, a seven-year-old who was connected because past lives they they stay with you pretty much until you're about seven years old. That's when they're really fresh. And like uh, I was like watching, being like, I remember this. I'm so connected, but I didn't know yet that I had remembered it. But throughout my whole life, like John Jacob Astor, the richest man on the ship, is buried right outside of my apartment. And the first Playbill cover that I photographed was the Unsinkable Molly Brown revival. And I lived in London during the hundred-year anniversary of the sinking. It was actually on a body of water during the time like you know what i mean and just like all of these things and then i got a past life regression and confirmed that i was seeing uh things through the eyes of molly brown and then after research like um i discovered that like john jacob astor and molly brown were actually really they were tight and which sort of explained why maybe john jacob astor is buried right outside of my apartment and has been since i moved to the city and every april 15th i actually go and sit by his grave wait hold Um, on does he so if have you moved so if you were to move does he move i'm just kidding (laughs) you know it's it's sort of like hold on mike is moving (laughs) back it up it's sort of like the lesbian, like, you know, six-month anniversary for lesbians. Like, they get the U-Haul, so does John Jacob Astor. This is – like, I'm, like, fascinated. Wait, can I ask a question? Please do. In your past – so do you, what do you know about your past life on the ship? Um, Molly Brown. Uh, I – in the regression session, I was seeing – I was seeing – things happen through molly brown's eyes like she asked me to look in a mirror and i saw her reflection and um and i was also historically correct with things that i was saying that i didn't know because when you do a past life regression session you're not hypnotized you're actually very aware um i was very aware of everything but she basically myra of soul science hypnosis hey girl she was super adorable and super like accessible like um she was amazing to work with. So if anyone listening is like past life regression session, like this is an unpaid ad, uh, soul science hypnosis, um, in LA, we did it virtually and she guided me through these things and, um, writing it down right now. Yeah, please do. And, uh, she guided me through these, 
events and I was saying these things like she was like okay who's in the lifeboat with you and I said okay there are two men the rest are women and there's one child to my left and that was historically accurate and I didn't know that and then she was like okay now that you're on the Carpathia like what are you experiencing now and I said I'm given a job I don't know why but I feel like I'm given a job and then when I researched um I found out and these are things I didn't know when I researched I found out that she was um uh, uh, appointed by all the survivors to be the head of the survivors committee in regards to the uh, White Star Line uh, and the um, investigations and stuff and she still wasn't allowed to testify because she was a woman and which was wild but she also wound up becoming an actor which I'm an actor as well and she's a cancer she's born on July 16th and I'm um, July 10th and um, there are so many, so many, so many similarities. And here's the crazy one. At the end of the uh, session, my head started throbbing, and I never get headaches. And the last time I had a headache was when I had COVID, and that was the first symptom. And I um, fully just uh, was – my head was splitting, and it was actually a little distracting. And then I, like, research, when I was reaching, researching her, um, I, I read that she had died of a brain tumor. But do you have a tumor? I don't. I just had like, I was just like, it was like, um, thank God, knock on wood. It was just like, I think what it was, was probably um, uh, sympathy pains or just like this, like keying into the universe and like residual energy and like sensing the connections that were like physical and metaphysical and just like. Did you ever see the musical Titanic the musical? Of course, I, I saw the national tour when I was seven, and I and friends on that tour became have become friends now. Jen Waldman, who was on this yeah. this um, who was on the show, like yeah, hundred percent. I saw um, it on, yeah, I saw it on Broadway, and I uh, I loved that show. Yeah, it's amazing. I loved that show, and yeah. I think there's something. I think we we do get swept up in like the these really beautiful larger than life kind of moments right the titanic is like this epic moment that is like so sad and tragic and and i mean yeah i I, yeah sorry i don't know what i'm doing well i think it's a lesson i think it's a lesson in humility and failure um Mm -hmm. because like you know they were like the ship can't sink and then the universe the universe was like oh uh, try me (laughs) and you know what i mean (laughs) but what did people learn from uh, you know, what did people learn from that? So I do want to know, um, I'm going to jot this down for us to circle back to, but uh, but a multi-hyphenate, what I like to say, is an artist who has multiple mm-hmm. proficiencies mm-hmm. that cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. Yeah. And you have quite a few different aspects in your artistry, and I want to ask you what your hyphens are mine are actor photographer producer writer podcaster so what are your hyphens oh gosh uh drag queen actor writer producer podcaster god uh uh, i mean like uh self self-made every man Brother, son, I love Uncle. that. Person, it's it's always so interesting <laughs> to me when people include their like family relations and responsibilities in their hyphens because well, I mean, I... 
I, 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 it really informed me, you know? I don't have the best relationship. My relationship with my, my blood family is always ongoing and not great all the time, you know? And it has informed every step of my career. Um, not necessarily wanting to buck the system, but wanting to prove to myself and to them that this was a viable thing. My dream was worthy and valuable. And they needed to be coaxed along a little bit. They needed to be held, they needed to be guided a little bit. I can't fault them for that, you know, but my multi-hyphenate is almost always in regard to the evolution and the belief that I am capable of more than just. Uh, does that make sense? It makes complete and total sense because I think as family members, especially as artists, we have a responsibility for our audience, right? But mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, especially as queer artists, we have a responsibility to those that are closest to us and that's our mm -hmm. family. And I think I, this, you're talking to you, I'm seeing it for the first time because I never really understood why people would go, I'm an actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, uncle, sister, you know, niece like i never understood that but talking to you i'm now understanding we have a responsibility to act as those roles they're not just titles but they have power behind them yeah yes yes i mean like and and passion work I, work and passion and life uh goal life drive life life work like your own your own life's work um, looks like many different things at any given point. So um, I am lucky enough to sit in a place of where I do what I love every single day. Um, it is difficult at times, and it is work, right? It's challenging, um, but it's how lucky am I that I get to do this? And a lot of that has been fueled by, I think, an initial belief that I was capable and that I was I deserved it. And uh, that comes from someplace, right? I mean... Uh, my own, my my chosen family, I think, has done more to support me and allow me to understand that. But I've been able to provide that show, live by example, and show my blood family that that is that has value and that has worth, and I, that has allowed again an evolution allows me to be more multi iconated You know, so I think that's powerful. I think that's super powerful, and it's sort of. Um... It sort of connects to my next question, which, you know, how does how do you think that drag has helped you unpack and support your other hyphens and also vice versa? You yeah, know? I think drag requires you to be multifaceted and um, it requires you to uh, learn new skills and it requires you to challenge yourself and those all of those things. I think if should you want to be successful in this in this industry, you have to be able to adapt. And again, I keep saying evolve, uh, but drag you can't. I mean, you can, but a lot most queens I know, in some way or another, are kings or burlesque performers uh, are all self-made in a lot of ways, right? Because you're getting to define yourself in your art mm -hmm. in a very personal way, mm -hmm. and and. And evolution comes with that, not only in like putting it down on paper, but putting it on your skin. Um, and also, how do you bring all of that to life? It requires skills and requires being multifaceted or multi-hyphenated. So you have to be able to understand that, like any artist, your definition is not permanent, but it's definitely a big, you have to plant roots to be able to grow. 
So the definition has to start somewhere, but that always can evolve and change. I keep saying evolution. I, I didn't realize that I'd be talking about that so much, but I think it's really pertinent to the conversation. That's interesting. Um, you know, you talk about evolution, which, you know, goes back to science. And I just want to know, like, do you think, like, there is a science to multi-hyphenating? You know, you're talking about evolution, but I think, like, what is the psychology of that? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, my mind is going in, I've went in five different places almost immediately. Am I trying to prove to myself that I am capable of doing it? Am I trying to prove to the world that I'm, that I'm worthy? Am I, I, like, you know, I'm asking those questions. And I don't know if that's, I don't know that answer. You know, you're multi-hyphenate. Do you, I, I'm like, I'm not, I just, I'm wondering if I, uh, on some level, did I, in my own definition of myself, did I take too much personally about how the outside world saw me as a gay man? You mm-hmm. know, and did I was like trying to prove to the world that I can do this, I can be successful at this, and I also can have like the life that I want to live and be happy in my definition of what happiness is. And I think there is some of that. I do think psychologically probably there is definitely probably some of that. I didn't want to fail myself and in turn... I, you know, in turn, allow people to say, "See, I told you so." Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I did that because I realized, like, when I edit so many of these episodes, I'm like, there's silence there, but I'm I know that I'm nodding my head in agreement, and I wish. <laughs> That I had said, yeah. yeah, and I just and I just did it, and it just came out so weird. <laughs> I felt like you were like, okay, girl, well, let's talk about something else. <laughs> no, that was I yeah. love, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so anyway, tell me about Drag Race. No, no, no. Like I, so like, my favorite is, and I don't like. <laughs> I'm and, like, first of all, like I'm all about that conversation, of course, but like I, and but like you know what I mean, like I'm. You know, I'm a gay guy that like hosts as if it's like at, like Sunday night, no Sunday night foot, at football, um, whatever. What's that? How, however the 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 heteros do it, but I what is it? What is it? What is um, that? But you know, I mean, that's what pre pre COVID, and we're starting to get back into it. But like my boyfriend and I, we just we hold. We hold court at our apartment and like just we and you know, we we cook and we pour the drinks and mm-hmm. we have and it's so it's so so communal but and like of course we're da- we're down to talk about that stuff, but I but that's not all that art art it is and that's of course, especially with reality TV, there is an art that goes into it and it's of course there's an art that goes into drag race and however it's portrayed on yeah. T V is how yeah. it's portrayed on T V, but um but I, I think, like, these conversations are really, really important to have with people that everyone thinks that they love and admire. But really, there's a, a, a me, there are mechanics in regards to how they navigate the world, which is, you know, why I'm really excited about talking with you and also about, like, why I think what you've said so far is so relatable and eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you. I think I think the yeah. episode's going to be called Yeah. 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 <laughs> which which to bring it to bring it around to Drag Race, I think is a oh, step Yeah. I yeah. think it's a step 
in the right direction past meh. Meh. Oh, you know what? That. <laughs> <laughs> um, it also, meh, uh, meh reverse spells hem, something that Silky could have worked on for that lip sync, but I was still lip- eliminated, so. Um, Honey, it's it's, it's. it's. I tried that joke out for the first time. It didn't work, but okay, it's okay. It was a workshop okay. and added time to try out. And we Cut it out. It. Cut it. Yeah. Edit this out. Patrick, edit this out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> In true multi hyphenate form, though, I do edit these. Oh, uh, oh you are. Episodes. Yeah, you're very serious about this. I am very serious about it's it. Not and just, it's not just a title, it's a way of life. Hey. It's a. It is a way of life. I'm writing a book on it, and um, it's you know this this is you know 50 episodes of this of this uh, of this podcast, and my yeah. book com- comes out in um, the spring of uh, of 2022. The deadline is this fall, and I'm I'm you know almost done writing that, and about to turn in the deadline to Rutledge Publishing, and like um, it's a real thing. And I think in the 21st century of theater and drag and performance, like there is we're done waiting for people to give us opportunities we have your generation i mean i would say i mean i'm older than you and i would say that your generation is forcing someone like me and everyone like this is something that we're being i have to understand even actually let me take that back i think you're what 100 what you're saying is absolutely correct we've had to define it for ourselves and i think it's okay to say i want the world and i think it's okay to say i can have the world you know, like I get to work for the, I can, I can, I can be a badass drag queen. I can go act. I can write a book. I can, um, I can re- release music. I can also produce a television show and consult on uh, a musical and do ex- I can, I can do all of that. And you told me that I really didn't have any value or worth, but look at what I can do. And it's not on your terms. That's being a multi-hyphenate is being is I think also claiming your own power. It's not just trying to prove it to everybody else. It's also trying to say, yeah, I can do this. And you thought I couldn't. And look at how powerful and confident and willing to make mistakes I am. Do you know how dangerous it is every single day to to be a multi-hyphenate, right? Because at any given point, any one of your balls could drop. Sometimes mind you out of my tights, but at any point, (laughs) your reaction, your reaction. You said, no, I... No, I well that was me trying to relate to you because I feel like I'm still going through puberty. So like you know, it's your balls like, will drop. Your balls will drop my in balls a good will way. Drop. Yeah, in a, in a good way. But in like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's dangerous to be a multi hyphenate because you have to. You're juggling constantly, and not only are you juggling the jobs, but you're juggling relationships, and you're trying to make sure that everyone feels that you. For me, I always want to make sure everyone feels appreciated and respected and acknowledged. And that's important to me. That's important. That's an important part of how I conduct my business is that mm-hmm. I value you. I value your input. I value our collaboration. I value your time. So I so it's again, it's a really being a multi-hyphen is is dangerous and it's it's exciting and thrilling and fun. But you got you. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of responsibility to being a writer, an actor, a producer, a podcaster, uh, a brother, as a child, a, 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 a son. Um, there's a, there's responsibility to those things. No, this mentality is amazing, and and you got really you got far on your season, and I'm just wondering. Drag race. It, yeah, of drag of RuPaul's Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race. Which we, whenever it comes on for some reason, I just want to go RuPaul's clam bake. I don't know why, but it makes she's me laugh. not cooking. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. 
it's like my own thing that just makes me giggle. It's like that I have just it's my own little secret. RuPaul's clam bake. You're RuPaul's not invited. <laughs> it's just her. I'm it's like hanging her. out on the beach at the opposite end. I'm like, I hey got the clam bake. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Do you think that this, that the mentality, that really strong mentality of like multi hyphenating is dangerous? Uh, contributed to your uh, to your lengthy um, stay at Hotel Drag Race, like she drag race, 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 it's, it is for us as a multi-hyphenates, I think we are, we're living kind of boldly and loudly and we're just, we're putting a lot on the line, right? It's like, I'm going to look, I'm going to do all these things. That's what I mean by dangerous. It's like, you're in, uh, in a world that's full of judgment, you're allowing people in a lot of different ways to be like, mm, I can't wait to see how this turns out. You know, you know, so at least that's how it feels to me. And so um, I do think my ability, because you, you've got to remember, Michael, I had, you don't have to remember. This is just, I don't even know why I said it. You got you to just remember. Got um, this <laughs> is RuPaul's Clam Bank. Um, now, uh, for me, my story was 18 years of my own career that I ran and that I was in charge of before I ever went to Drag Race. And so that, to me, uh, was something, being able to cut my teeth in a local community and make mistakes and try new things and... Um, have tremendous success and have a lot of failure really prepared me for drag race 100%. I was really in my own feelings and in my own head because, oh, I just burped. I apologize. I've done <laughs> it like th- three times. It's I was like, I was like, and I really, um, no, but we love um, a- ASMR. It's great. And so then I was, I was at RuPaul's Clam Bake. I'm not going to stop saying Clam Bake. I know. Clam Bake. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, where was I? Clamping. (laughs) Potatoes. Potatoes. Let's call the whole thing off. Yay! Yay! Okay, okay. Um, But, like, but Drag Race, I think, uh, was... I, I had never filmed a reality television show. Yeah. So I had no idea how I would react in that environment. And I mentally was... It was all compounding upon itself. So I was I was prepared as much as I could be by having my hands in a lot of different things and trying a lot of different things, and um, being a master of many and also nothing, right? I mean, kind of a master of none is kind of in- interestingly, right? Um, so, in some ways, I was very mentally prepared, but I was not mentally prepared for the cameras, for the for the rigorous film day, for the inability to have communication to the outside world. For I just wasn't prepared for that, and I'm a supremely social person. And so, um, when when my when my social ability is relying upon people that are I'm competing against, and then we really can only talk when the cameras are on. It's like ah, this is kind of a very different experience than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But it of course was great. I'm really grateful. I really I did it. Um, I I it changed my whole life. I mean, you know, I'm able to like talk to you today about some cool things because of drag race you know yeah, like i'm not naive to that and 
every ounce of my time on the show and like my heart and like being vulnerable uh, really has opened me up to a world that was willing to embrace me in a variety of different ways. Also, I mean, the fandom is also full of judgment and it's very harsh and you have to be prepared for that as well. And I wasn't, you know, and I'm a 42-year-old gay man who was not, like, who just doesn't understand how to necessarily appease or appeal to um, a 14-year-old fan base that is really just saying things that they probably don't understand what they're saying or don't know how, to, you know, so I can't really, it doesn't really affect me in any certain distinctive way but i wasn't prepared for it initially um i i I feel like i feel like that's you know that's a real that's a real thing i did um i was on true life uh i go to performing arts sleepaway camp when i went to frenchwoods and i wasn't one of the people that were followed around but Mm -hmm. i definitely was featured in it and like um i feel like if if social media had been a part of that experience my life would have looked differently at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I would have been better for it or I don't know if I would have been worse for it, but um, it's, it's really quite interesting to, uh, to think about that. And social media plays a huge, a huge aspect in mental health. And um, I want to say that too. Like, I mean, like for me, for me personally, when I came home, from, I came home from drag race on July 3rd of 2018 was when our, our season filmed. Uh. And um, I was in a therapy session on July 6th, and I started going back to therapy, and I started, I really believe in mental health, I believe in the power of therapy, I believe in having conversations with people who are there to support you and not judge you, and Mm -hmm. help you work through things. Hi, Um, Jeanette, if you're listening. Yes, hi, Jeanette. She's my girl, I love her. um, It's, and and, uh, I think it's, it's, it changed, I think my experience pre-announcement and post-viewing rather so like post-filming I was a wreck pre and so like I had a cho- I had a choice to make and like and I was like I don't know how the world's gonna view me because we don't know I don't know how they're gonna put it together so I don't know how the world's gonna view me did I just mess up my entire career am I gonna have a career to come back to even in Columbus like how is this all gonna look um that's what I, just because you're getting your own head and you start thinking about everything you start dissecting every single moment and every glance and every like exhaled you're like what was happening in my mind in any given moment you're replaying it all but you have no idea what really happens because you're just you're trying to have you're trying to be present you can't be so therapy prepared me for my post drag race filming life and allowed me to have a perspective also as a multi-hyphenate since that's really kind of where we're basing all of this in Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for people to have perspective and like what can I do what is out of my hands and what is uh what's when what is too much for me as a multi-hyphenate i like to say yes to everything me too and i had to learn how to say no and that is like i feel like it's a a sign of failure if i tell somebody no i can't do that or no i'm 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 too busy or no saying that they're that their ask or their isn't valuable or not worth it's not worthy of my time i don't i mean i'm like i don't want anyone to think that like you know so like i have a problem saying no and i learned that and through my therapy, I've learned how to be able to like politely and powerfully say that no, there's yeah, that's powerful. That's beautiful, and I think also we understand like if we can't if we don't have the boundary because it's multi hyphenates, you need to have boundaries. Yeah. But if we if we have an issue of saying no, the um 
the uh, investment of someone's um, uh, fees to have you them represent you mm-hmm. like a rep like a press rep or somewhere an assistant mm-hmm. so that they can field things for you and they could say no on your behalf is therapy all on its own sure is and a useful tool <laughs> it really it really is i mean that's yeah if you can't say no find someone who can say no for you like yeah. and like and the piece you again Building your friend network or your your chosen family network is also reminding yourself that you have to be surrounded by support and in turn be a pillar of support for somebody else. I mean, there is, there's again when you say those hyphenates, what does that look like? And that that is that is work. And there and it's it doesn't necessarily. Someone's probably shaking their head why services well friendship shouldn't be work or, but it is. It requires you to be present and Mm -hmm. not that's not work, but it but. You have to be present. You have to be willing to, and that's for every aspect of your hyphenate, right? Like, why take something out? Like, why say I'm going to be a podcaster if you're not going to be able to deliver and not be able to, or write a book and you can't, you miss all your deadlines? I mean, you're really not really writing a book then. You're just, you're going through the motions of saying, I'm writing a book. And we'll get to it when I, I mean, no, being a multi hyphenate is really keeping it all moving. And you have, you can't do it, no one does it by themselves. You know, like that's the other that's the other part of this. No one does it alone. You know, and so I'm grateful for my support network. That's like, you you're capable, you you are awesome, you you are great. You're gonna succeed at this. Like we all need cheerleaders, and I don't care what anyone like. I need my cheerleaders. I need my support network to be the multi hyphenate that I am. You know, like I gotta have it. It all, it all makes it work. It all makes it co like be cohesive and, and roll together. Well said, Bubbala. Oh my God! Thank you, baby. So Tracy, hi Jeanette. So Tracy, I have a little something to add if you don't mind. You, are, you're, you're the a, cutest. If, you're the cutest. <laughs> this is the best ever. I'm glad I, that means you're off book, which means that I'm glad that you you know you're you're paying attention. It, um, well, yeah, it means I yeah, you're like that soundtrack recording for like uh, over my lifetime of the last twenty years a lot. Of course, and we all we all have. Tracy, I mean, it's, I have a little something I'd like to add if you don't mind. Yes. Oh my God, you are about to grace the the presence of so many people around the country. Uh, and because you are going to be, you're going to be doing Hairspray the musical and you're going to be playing Edna. Can you believe it? <laughs> are you so, are you so excited? I mean, I can believe it. That's the thing. Like, are you so excited? Michael! Michael! So now. Michael. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Clambake. Yeah. That's my excitement. Clambake. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, That's the title. I'm telling you, um... I am over the moon, terrified, excited, nervous. I didn't, I, it's just like, it's, it's a dream come true. And um, I am, I am grateful to be able to kind of really have a bucket list moment of my life kind of be, I didn't think this would, I didn't think this would ever happen. I didn't think this would happen. Never in a million years did I think this part would happen. Really? Um, uh, you're like, I lied. I did. No, no, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, this is a build up for, you're right. I, I knew this would happen. And I'm the perfect, per- um, no, you know, because um, I think um, I'd heard rumblings and rumors of something for the 20th anniversary of Hairspray, which is coming in 2022. And I was like, 
God, I'd really love to be considered. And this was in 20, this is end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And, um, and I kind of let it go. And then my phone rang. I was in Indianapolis on tour um, in support of my drag race run. And um, so this was July of 2019. And I, got, I picked up my phone and it was Jerry Mitchell who is the uh, original um, choreographer for Hairspray and the choreographer for this tour and um, Tony Award winner, Jerry Mitchell. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of who Jerry Mitchell is, Tony Award winning Jerry Mitchell. Jerry Mitchell. (laughs) Jerry Mitchell. And um, he said, he called me and he goes, Nina West, it's Jerry Mitchell. I had a dream about you. And I said, bum, 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 bum. And I said, Mama, Mama, should me, Mama. <laughs> Full circle. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I was like, I, I said, hi. I couldn't figure out how to talk to Jerry Mitchell because uh, I'm a big fan of Jerry Mitchell. And um, I was like, um, yes, you dreamt about me. <laughs> and he's like, I, you have to play Edna. You have to play Edna Turnblad. And I started shaking. And um, carried on the conversation for a couple minutes, and he said, "I'll be in touch." And he, we hung up, and uh, I started to cry. Mm-hmm. And I called my best friend. And I was like, I, "I think I'm gonna get to do Edna." And then I didn't hear anything <laughs> for oh, quite some time. I didn't hear anything, and I was like, "I'm not gonna bother Jerry Mitchell. Jerry Mitchell's very busy. How do I make sure that I can audition for this? How do I make sure that like I'm not forgotten?" And so then I. Came to, uh, Jerry called me again and said, hey, we want you to come to New York and we want to just see you for this role. We want you to mm-hmm. read and sing and um, we just want to make sure everything's right. You know, did, is my dream, was my dream correct? And um, So I came to New York in um, March of 2020, right before the shutdown, mm-hmm. and did all the stuff and uh, left the audition room and I was like, I nailed it. And like, I mean, you've like had moments where I've nailed I've nailed it many times, and, I'm like, and nothing ever happens, and or so I thought, and like I was probably terrible, but I really did nail this audition. And um, I was walking down the street, uh, down Forty Second Street. It's like a dream. I was walking down Forty Second Street because we were at the Forty Second Street stage, that rehearsal studios, Forty yeah. Second Street Studios, and I was yeah. walking away New from 40s. studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah those there. You know where I was at. I was at those yeah. studios. Yeah. Yeah, that's where yeah. I was at. Even Jerry Mitchell, you know, Jack O'Brien, you know, Jerry Mitchell, <laughs> Jerry Mitchell, mom, and. Uh, <laughs> I was walking down the street and I had cut up um, 7th and I was going to walk up to my hotel and um, pretty instantly I got a phone call from my agent who said, um, you've, you've booked Hairspray. And I couldn't believe it. And then COVID happened and I was like, well, I don't know if we're ever going to get to do this. And um, thankfully, um, we are. And I get to go out on the road and I get to um, watch people have a I think a really incredible reaction to the show, you know. So it's I'm really excited. Sorry, I'm really You're, long-winded. No, I'm obsessed with you. And America, whoever's <laughs> listening, she's heading west out to your. That's my your... last name and drug, baby. I know. That's I, that's why I said it because you know well, she's heading well, east. She's heading east. She's heading north <laughs> and south. But never went always west. But always west. <laughs> don't forget west. You, Andrew, are amazing and the best. And I don't want to wrap up, but we do. And I have to thank Patrick for engineering this episode. And as always, Alan, Britt, Katie, Dory, 
uh, you're and, and yo, you're all amazing at Broadway Podcast Network. I'm so excited to catch you do the Hairspray National Tour. And, Thank you. Um, everyone, where, where can we find you on social media? Oh my gosh, you can find me all over social media at Nina West on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Um, my website is ninawest.com. And um, you can find out all about Hairspray at hairspraytour.com. And um, follow it on social media at Hairspray on Tour. Um, Michael, I am really grateful to be a multi-hyphenate, but more grateful to spend just a little bit of time with you. Thanks for allowing me to be here with you, and thanks for sharing your art and your love and your passion. Your joy is um, absolutely contagious, and I'm grateful for this time together, so thanks. Thank you, my new friend. Everyone, thank you for listening. Subscribe, like, comment. That smile you have. <laughs> for those of you listening, there's a big adorable smile on Andrew's face and now there's one of mine too (laughs) have a great day everyone thanks for listening bye bye everybody hey it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory a program of maestro music RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theatre community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theatre professionals, search the RISE Theatre Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now. And get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org. Because only together we rise.